This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio, NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Willem van Denderen shortly, but off the top, the voice of football in Australia, Fox Sports, Simon Hill, to give us his take on the new league working group. That'll be an interesting conversation with Simon, who, as we always uh, aware, is right in the thick of things. Then off the back of knocking off the high-flying Perth glory for the first time in a while, victory, coach Kevin Muscat. Uh, will they be able to repeat their giant-killing run in the grand final of last year? Watch this space. I'm sure Muskie thinks so. Then with just four rounds to go in the A-League, we'll chat to our very own former Notts County man and 250-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League, Dean Hennessy, ahead of this weekend's round in the A-League. In the second hour, as we always do, we'll talk to Willem with second edition news and Socceroos Central. And then after a false start last week, we are going to chat to the chief football writer of the Leicester Mercury, our good friend Rob Tanner, about everything that's going on in the, the Premier League. Not, But we will ask him about Birmingham this week because uh, we did want to ask him about that last week. But there's been a lot going on in uh, the Premier League midweek games this week, uh, full round over the weekend, and of course the FA Cup semi-finals. We'll do more European action with Dino after that and wrap it up with stoppage time. Michael, you know, never a dull week. Caught your eye. <laughs> never a dull week. Well, what's uh, caught my eye is a little bit of anticipation. Obviously, when we record the show, Rob, we're about 17 hours away from the Matildas taking the field at Dick's Sporting Goods Park in Denver, Colorado against the United States. Um, nervous time for Matildas fans and probably Ante Miletic. It's their uh, biggest test to date. Uh, it will be tough. It'll be cold. It's at altitude. Um, looking forward to seeing the team. I understand there's some injuries, but uh, that's obviously caught my eye, as well as all of the uh, the news about the new league's working group. But Willa might talk about that first, and then I'll give a little bit of a summary. Thank you, Michael. So the... Uh, FFA chairman Chris Niku has implored the A-League's clubs and stakeholders to reach an agreement on an independent A-League. By June 30, the FFA handed down its new league working group findings on Monday. Niku stated, the sooner an agreement is reached on an independent league model, the sooner folks can turn to other areas such as a second division. PFA chief John Dulitzer similarly called for momentum to be maintained to ensure more protracted negotiations are avoided. Well, the reason is uh, Judith Griggs, obviously the chair, the chairperson of the new league, new leagues working group, um, delivered her report by 31 March, which she intended to do, but asked for more time until the 30th of June. Interestingly, Rob, if we can break it down to this, after talking to a few people involved on all sides of the uh, the equation, the FFA want 18.5% of all revenue associated with the A League. What well, there's complex. Uh, Definitions of what revenue is. We mm. won't go into those. but uh, And obviously, the rights associated with their golden share, mm. they have the right then to Im- um, implement expansion, uh, Division 2 and promotion relegation and hold on to the IP. Um, the clubs are offering the FFA, depending on who you talk to, anywhere between 10 and 12%. Uh, we know the FFA need that uh, their, their share to be up around 20% to keep the home fires burning uh, around all national teams and game development. The PFA, interestingly, um, just in the last 24 hours, has issued a, a fairly strong statement. Um, John Didelitz is saying that he would prefer that the commission is an independent commission, a la the AFL. In other words, nobody has uh, any 
uh, direct relationship with an A-League club that's voted in. However, the A-League clubs are standing firm that they want a representative commission, a la the Premier League in England, where actually representatives from boards of clubs will actually be on that commission. So um, it will be independently managed from the FFA, but there is uh, quite a bit of disagreement over how that commission is formed. Um, and interestingly enough, um, you probably would have noticed this too, Rob, the A-League clubs tried to actually cut out the FFA by paying the money mm. directly to the state federations, but the state federation said, no, no, brother, uh, it's got to go to the FFA. So that sort of um, outlines a little bit of the toxicity, mm. toxicity that we were hearing last mm. year, um, but a little bit's back. They've got a bit of a task to do to get this done by 30 June, in my opinion. Well, we're going to talk to Simon in a lot more detail about that um, in but the, that's the, the summary. yarn. But yeah, a great summary. And uh, well, Simon, uh, well, I know you talk uh, to Chris regularly, but um, Simon does as well. So it'll be interesting to hear you two having a yarn about it and whether that deadline is going to be met. FFA Director Joseph Carozzi has stated the FFA will back Graham Arnold's calls for greater funding of Australia's youth teams. Having seen the Ollieroos through to the last stage of Olympic qualifying, Arnold stated more funding and resources are required if Australia is to remain competitive in the booming Asian market. Australia's underage teams have qualified for just five of the past 14 available tournaments and Carozzi stated he agrees the rot needs to stop. Well, he's right, um, but this needs more money, doesn't it, Rob? needs absolutely more money. It absolutely does. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's an issue um, that, uh, you know, it's been um, going for uh, time immemorial in, in football in this country, and it, this is just the latest iteration of the, you know, the conversation that, that, you know, is constantly had, isn't it? I actually think this Ollie Roos generation uh, has the best chance to qualify for an Olympic Games since 2008. Mm. Um, interestingly, uh, we went into the recent uh, Games, albeit, you know, we did very well, and it looks good in hindsight, but we went in only playing one friendly mm. uh, while the, the teams were playing... And still just missed out. And then the teams that obviously... Um, that obviously we were playing against had 15, 16, 17 friendlies to, you know, so it's all about money. It's about, obviously, we live in a part of the world where most of our underage teams will need to travel to get any meaningful comp competition. Um, Joseph Carozzi, I like his thinking, Willem, but the cynic in me says he's maybe being a populist. Uh, who's going to pay for it? Warren Joyce will take his position on the sideline for Melbourne City this weekend, despite the looming sack and a vicious stomach bug threatening to keep him away. It's been a big week for Joyce. He watched training from the from a distance to ensure his players didn't catch his illness. He also clarified why he walked off on an interview after last week's 3-0 loss, saying he couldn't handle having his commitment questioned. The harder he tries and the longer the season goes, things just seem to be getting worse for City. Rob, uh, he's dead man walking, isn't he? Surely they would have recontracted him by now if they're going to keep yeah. him. Well, you'd think so, but look, who knows the way that the City No, I'm asking you for your a... opinion, your educated opinion, Rob. Yeah, yeah, no, well, I was going to elaborate that uh, with the city group you don't know the way they operate because they it's such an arcane world with uh, the way they that might organization pick him up is, and right? drop him into new york or something like that yeah yeah look it's not out of the question it. but i also heard uh, you know the, the possibility of him uh, you know being uh, relocated somewhere else in the a-league well he's, there's rumors that he's uh, he's going to wellington mm. rudan's going to western united mm. and who knows going to who knows uh, who will coach melbourne city but um for me melbourne city one of the great disappointments of this season yeah. What, has, what has Joyce done to put himself on a hot list for a potential job elsewhere? That really lacks ambition for me from Wellington, if if that's the case. Well, Wellington's only in the comp guaranteed until the end of next season, so maybe it's just a temporary position, Will. Alex Brosk has claimed Sydney will be out for big blue payback when they meet Melbourne Victory at the SCG this weekend. In what is effectively a playoff for second spot and a home final, Brosk has declared Sydney have been the better side in both clash, clashes against the Victory this season, despite suffering two losses. 
Should Sydney win, they'll climb to within three points of Perth, and they do have a clash with them to come in a couple of weeks. Many had pensioned Broskoff earlier in the season, but he's been flying lately. He'll be 36 by the time the next season starts. Could we see him going around again? I hope so. He's good enough. Mm. He, yeah, he, he's um, a lean player, isn't he? He doesn't carry uh, a big body around. Um, you know, he's had injuries like any other player. Uh, that Uruguayan heritage he's got. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did talk to him during the World Cup um, about, uh, you know, Uruguay. Hey, Rob. Good yarn to him about that. But uh, hopefully he will, because he's a personality player. It I is, like but... I cannot wait for this game, the Big Blue, because mm. second spot it does have a uh, significance in the in the terms of the mm. the chase for grand the grand final. But more importantly, mm. it's got a huge amount of impact in relation to who qualifies for the Asian Champions League. So mm. there's going to be heaps riding on this game, yeah. and Melbourne Victory have had the wood over Sydney FC up there. Of recent times, yeah, yeah, they have. Well, uh, I think we shouldn't. Know, and uh, while we're talking about victory, I did pick them to beat Perth, by the way. Oh, really? We never noticed that. Just thought I'd remind you of that, Rob. <laughs> well done. We did ask about Brosk. One guy who won't be going around next season is Brenton Santalab. He's announced his retirement. Currently with Perth, Santalab will be most fondly remembered for his five years at the Wanderers. He was a massive part of the establishment of that club, in my opinion. Thirty-eight goals in 109 games, including the Champions League win. His 20-year professional career has seen him play in Belgium, China and Hungary, and he could cap it all off with an elusive A-League championship if all goes well. Super player. Well done, mm. Brenton Santalab. I hope he um, I hope he can get some uh, time on the park between now and the end of the season. Um, he's obviously in a fantastic team. It's uh, pretty hard for him to get a game at the moment or, or a start. Um, but what a, what a career. And obviously, uh, the highlight... I'd love to ask him this question. Mm. The highlight's probably the Asian Champions League victory yeah, with um, Western Sydney Wanderers, which he was integral in all the way through that run. Yeah, but Ned, well, uh, your, the final line in your little story there, William, that he could cap it off with an elusive A-League championship. It seems like he will be capping it off with a championship, won't he? And uh, hopefully, um, you know, if we uh, ask the right questions of our friends over at the Glory, we might be able to get him on for a yarn before the season finishes, eh? Absolutely. All right, mate. Well done. All right, gentlemen, stick around because we are going to talk to Simon Hill about the A-League working group. Dino is going to join us for that because he is right in the thick of that as well. That is all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. Now, the New League Working Group has been the topic on everybody in Australian football's lips uh, with... Uh, Opinions ranging from one side of the divide to the other. Some suggesting that Fox Sports are going to drop their uh, their financial contributions to the A League. Others saying that um, there's an ultimatum. The man who knows all the background is the voice of football in this country, Simon Hill. Welcome back to Box to Box. Good to be with you guys. I'm not sure I do know all the background. To be honest, I mean they don't tell me. You know, this is uh, this is uh, the bosses who make those uh, decisions and those statements. So. Mm. I, I, I read them like everybody else. So when you saw that, um, did your eyebrows raise, jaws drop, uh, conversations around the, you know, headquarters? Um, how how did everybody react? Uh, well, it's, it's not new, is it? Let's be honest. I mean, you know, Fox Sports is a business. Um, you know, I'm employed by them, but it, it's there to uh, make money for its shareholders. And provide a good service, obviously, and hopefully we do that with the football. But uh, you know, when you invest fifty million a year or more than that, whatever it is, uh, you've got to get a return on that investment. And the brutal truth of the matter is, is that over the last two years, possibly even longer than that, 
they haven't been getting those returns. So, of course, they're twitching. Um, I don't blame them, to be honest. Uh, you know, they, they hoped that the ratings would improve over the last uh, 12 months, two years. Um, if anything, we're, you know, we're going in the opposite direction at the moment. Now, that's not to say that it's going to continue along that trajectory, but because of the governance crisis that has hamstrung the game so badly over the last few years and prevented uh, any real investment, be it financial or uh, time investment, in getting some of the things uh, introduced into the game that we desperately need, and we all know what they are. Um, <clears throat> so, we, you know, essentially as a sport, as a sport we've probably at best, stood still. And, you know, it's now incumbent upon the new boards, and this is what they were elected to do, uh, given a mandate to do, is to drive this game forward. Now, you know, they're trying to do that, in fairness to them, I know that, but uh, it's difficult because there's still a lot of politics around the game. We've got to, you know, wake up to the reality here as a sport. If we continue to underperform, then there's a very dark future for the professional game. The game of football will always survive in Australia at, at amateur level, semi-pro perhaps. But the professional game has to get its act together. The time for talking is done. We've got to start doing stuff, investing in this game and getting it moving forward in the right direction because the patience of big investors like Fox Sports, and they're not the only one, by the way. You know, There are other big sponsors of the game who are probably equally as frustrated. And we all feel it because, you know, this, this is our livelihoods. Mm. People like me and, and many others, yourselves included. You know, our jobs, our mortgages depend upon the health or otherwise of the game of football in Australia. And they've got to get things moving quickly. Simon. I'm talking in a matter of weeks. Simon, you know, not, not, not years. That's right. It is such an inc- a cr- critical time at the moment. But one group of people, the A-League club owners, it seems to me that they have some hard decisions to make because um, they are entrenched in a position around um, the share of revenue they expect. And also, interestingly enough, over the makeup of the new A-League commission, for want of a better word, whether you call it a... Uh, independent commission a la the AFL or a representative commission a la the Premier League in England where club club owners uh, directly represent themselves as shareholders to uh, on a Premier League governance structure. So um, <clears throat> it's interesting times. Um, the players have pushed back saying that they want an independent commission. The FFAs and the state member federations have pushed back saying no, the FFA deserves a greater share of revenue. So it seems to me the A-League club owners have some hard decisions to make about because if they run this to the wire, it might not get up for next year. Well, the reason that leaders are put in position is to find compromise that is acceptable to everybody. Now, what we've just had, as I just outlined, is three years of what essentially amounts to civil war. And in the end, it came down to one vote. Let's be honest, um, eight to two the state federations, yep. plus the one that's held collectively by the clubs. Had it been 7-3, we'd have had the status quo for goodness knows how long. So we've made that change. We cannot allow this row to go on for another 12, 18 months because people have got um, governance or political fatigue. I've got it. I'm sure you guys have mm. as well. We've been through all this. 
the last thing we need is another war over the makeup of the A-League and then, you know, perhaps another war over the makeup of the Commission and another war as to who sits on this committee and that committee. We have got to get our act together and do this properly and do it quickly. This is what this new board was elected to do. I get the club's position. In many ways, I'm fully supportive of it. If it's not going to be 90% of the TV revenue, we'll make it 85 or 83 or whatever is acceptable. Just get on with it. Uh, to, to get over the line. But they've got to find these uh, solutions. We cannot keep uh, leaving the game mired in political maelstrom because otherwise it's slowly going to bleed to death. Is- and that's what's happening. This is Box to Box on NTS and News Talk Sport. We're talking to Fox Sports. Simon Hill, it's pretty obvious what we're talking about, the new league working group and how quickly decisions need to be made, Dino. Simon, um, obviously you've got a decent background in this and obviously I've spoken to Edge uh, many a time over this, but in your opinion, how do you get all the working groups to work together? How, how do we actually form this? I mean, you, you look at... You know, there's, there's a group like I'm part of, as, as we all know, the AAFC, that wants a second division. But I'm realistic about it. I understand it. I know it can happen. But what time frame still to be decided? You know, certainly not going to be in 2019, possibly not even in 2020, but possibly 21-22. Let's say that just for the argument. But why can't we work as a group together for all parties so everybody gets looked after fairly and squarely and get this game back on the map? Well, Dean, I totally agree with that, but um, I, I think in the short term, given the, the, the danger that you know the professional game is in, as I've just outlined, you've got to look at priorities. What, what's the first thing that needs to be fixed? Now, for me, maybe I'm a little bit biased because I work in the A-League, but that's the shock front of the game. Yeah, I agree with that's, that. that. That's the, the professional end of the sport that drives all the revenue. Without that, we don't have a professional sport of football in this country. So that, for me, is the thing that needs to get fixed, first of all. Now, I maintain, perhaps it's a hope rather than expectation, but, you know, having spoken to many, many people in this game about this, this topic, if the A-League is thriving, if that's going well, everything else should benefit. So whether you cut it 19% to 10%, uh, in favour of the A-Leagues and the 10% of the state feds, or whether it's 85 or 80 or whatever it is. If the A-League is flying, if it's got big crowds, if it's got good ratings on TV, if it's a competitive league that sponsors are interested in becoming involved with, and we've got a bit of uh, competitive tension in the marketplace when it comes to TV rights, then surely long-term, everybody down the food chain benefits. So for me... That's the ultimate priority. Do we want a second division? Absolutely. Do I want promotion and relegation? You betcha. But is that the priority at the moment? No, it can't be because the top end is not right. So that's what has to be fixed. Um, Now, the state federations, of course, they've got a big part to play. You know, they, they protect the grassroots. And, you know, maybe at the moment they see themselves as being the overall guardians uh, of this game under the new board. I don't know. Well, just, just for think, everyone's... I think longer term... Sorry, just, let me just finish yeah. this point, and then I will shut up, I promise you. Yeah. But lo- longer term, in, and this is only my opinion, the state federations have to go. I, I think it needs to be a unitary model run centrally out of FFA uh, headquarters with regional bureaus and to hand some of uh, uh, the voting power 
back to the ordinary people, that is the players, the 1.8 million participants that make up the, the proper electorate. And they're the people at the moment who don't have any say. The state feds will say, well, they do because we're their reps. But, you know, how, how many people at grassroots know uh, who these people are who, who sit on the, uh, on the state federation uh, committees or, uh, you know, as presidents? Um, they're essentially, uh, you know, I wouldn't say holding the game to ransom, but they're the ones that are stopping change at the moment, along with the A-League clubs. The difference is the A-League club owners have lost millions and millions of dollars on this, and they're fed up of it. And I don't blame her. Simon, you make some very good points there. Absolutely. You 100% agree with your unitary model. Um, albeit, let's not uh, start a discussion about that because we'll go on all night. I've got no, one, a couple of questions. A couple of questions <laughs> for you. A couple of questions for you. Um, um, should, uh, it seems to me this golden ticket and the rights associated with a golden ticket, Willy Wonka, this golden <laughs> share that the FFA <laughs> will hold in the new yeah. league working, uh, the new A-League, uh, gives them some rights around promotion, relegation, expansion, Division 2, IP, etc. But it appears mm. that the A-League clubs want to control the timing of the second division, the timing of promotion and relegation. What's your view on that? Should the A-League clubs be able to hold a veto over the establishment of a second division, expansion and promotion relegation? Well, I don't think they should be able to hold a veto. I think they should be uh, able to have uh, an opinion on it because obviously it affects them. And if you were, for example, to you know promote a club that uh, financially wasn't viable or, or was uh, struggling in other areas, then it could impact upon the other clubs. But I don't think that they should have the final say no. So I do think the FFA, you know, needs to have a golden share. But again, you know, we're talking, we're trying to run before we can walk. We've got an A-League of 10 clubs at the moment that isn't working particularly well. And all of a sudden, we're, we're still, we're talking about, you know, into the future about second divisions, expansion, uh, promotion, relegation. Can we please just get to a point where this league works first? Um and, and, you know, is, is attractive and uh, has better crowds than we have at the moment and has certainly better ratings on TV. That's what people want in the short term. If we'd have started this process when we should have done, which was three or four years ago, then we would probably be at the point now where we, we'd be having those discussions and there would be proper discussions to have. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the game has stood still. It's been treading water for the last three years whilst this governance stuff has been going on. So, we again, to go back to my earlier point with Dino, I think we have to prioritise. First things first, let's get the A-League sorted uh, and then, you know, let, let's, let's look at the second division and everything else a little bit later on. Simon Hill, mate, as Edge said before, we could talk all night. Um, you're passionate about it and you're passionate for good reason, as we all are. We're football we love lovers. Simon. Yeah, we do, yeah, but we he's, do. he's a passionate man and, and he reps, represents the uh, the voice of the game so well because he's a fan it gets as me well as a lot of trouble, guys, I can tell you. Ah, oh, mate, <laughs> no, well, no, no, you know, no. we. we uh, <laughs> We don't need people sitting on the fence. Uh, you, you're not in special. trouble with us, Simon. Yeah. Hey. Well, that's good. As long as you can get me a job. <laughs> well, you know, we're going to talk. We're going to talk to Muskie after the break, mate, because there's, you know, there's something that we should be talking about. He's a massive game at the SCG, the Big Blue. You know, that should be, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's what uh, people. It's it's um, you know, it's the the shop window, isn't it? Simon, look, hopefully uh, some of the, the you know the good points that you've just elaborated on will uh, will come to fruition in the not too far distant future, and we can spend more time talking about football and politics. No problem, guys. Have a great week. Well, you too, Simon. Simon Hill, Fox Sports. 
stick around because we are going to talk to Muskie after the break. We're going to find out about the big blue. It'd be cock-a-hoop after beating the glory last week. Uh, and we're going to uh, dig a little deeper with our friend Kevin Musket next on Box to Box. Box to Box. The Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. think there is anyone else in the A-League who is more A-League than Kevin Musket. He's been there since day one. As a player, as a coach, he's done it all. And the Big Blue's coming up this weekend. Muskie, welcome back to Box to Box. My favourite show because the introductions are always nice. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Hey, but um, look, uh, what a ripper weekend you had. Um, you know, I don't think many people. Uh, I think Michael though, he did tip you to. Yes, beat I tipped Melbourne Victory to beat Perth, as he's been reminding Some, us. Someone week. on someone on the panel with a bit of trust. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. No worries. But, uh, but look, uh, to, to go over there with the season that they're having, and uh, you know, it's not very often that victory flies under the radar, but uh, that that must have been the highlight of the season so far. Look, it was a, no doubt it was a good result. And we always, you know, every game, and I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, we can recall anyone that any one game where we've gone away and, you know, we haven't tried to win the game and we've tried to enforce the game. But yes, based on all the circumstances, the, the circumstances leading into the game, of course it was a, a very good result, massive result for us. Kev, I just want to talk about Asian Champions League for a moment. Uh, more of a, yep. a general question. Yep. Australian clubs competitiveness in the Asian Champions League for one. We know Western Sydney Wanderers had that stellar campaign. The last uh, three or four seasons, um, generally, the Australian clubs have struggled. Um, What is... Is it squad depth that impact us, or is it just the ability to, to get on a plane and, and play well yeah. in Asia is, is difficult? It's a real difficult one for me to uh, answer, Edge, because you know we're so optimistic now, uh, yeah. not only ourselves, but all the clubs, uh, you know, sitting in the last couple of years ourselves and them, really, you know, want to make a dent in that uh, in that competition and in Asia. And for once, I'm going to, you know, uh, the sentiments from the national team perspective almost mirrors the domestic situation. It's bloody hard. Whilst I'm in this role, I'll never make excuses, and I don't think I'll, um, you could pull me up if I've ever made an excuse. And it is, it is bloody tough, but you know it can be done. But it is, you know, it's very, very difficult. And uh, as we've seen the nations in a national perspective, where you know smaller, so-called smaller countries are, uh, are improving dramatically, it's the same at club level. And what we're finding is that you know if you look back, you know, ten years, let's say ten years, China wasn't uh, in the same esteem, if you like, in, in their domestic competition as they are now. The Korean top teams uh, have progressed enormously as well. And the fact, as you're saying, you know, the, the, the facts are, you know, we've got to travel in that, uh, in a group of four, we travel three times across to Asia. The, the Asian teams travel once to Australia. That's right, yeah. Um, there's a huge number of facts. And, and that's why Western Sydney's uh, run with Popper uh, many years ago, you know, should have been underestimated and celebrated every opportunity because it's bloody difficult. And, uh, you know, we found them. And our two performances, if I bring it back to this current campaign, our two performances have been fairly good yeah. uh, and we've come up short on both occasions and uh, you know I'll still say with the situation we're in we've got a uh, you know intriguing uh, battle against you know one of Asia's powerhouses yep. and make no mistake and we're optimistic that the right two results and we're back in this group we, we're well back in this group so it is bloody difficult but in the situation I mean now whilst I'm at the front or the forefront and when I'm leading a club I'll never use any of the travel and the finance the number of players in the squad 
all those things as an excuse. They're just the facts that come with it, and we're trying to uh, you know buck that trend and, and turn them over. Absolutely, it is a fantastic tournament. It's a fantastic well, competition, yeah. and um, yeah. you know we all want the Australian teams to do well. But it's just, and there is no doubt when you look at uh, we watch, obviously watching Sydney and Melbourne Victory participate in this competition, and there's no doubt the ambition, and you can sense the uh, you know the. Yeah. The, the big plays in each team are trying to lift, and uh, we, we sense yeah. that. But it, but at at the moment, it's a difficult one. Yeah. So back to the league. Yeah. Huge game on the weekend, Muskie, the Big Blue. Uh, we yeah. look forward to it every yeah. every time, and um, there's a lot yeah. riding on it. Second spot. There's a lot to play yeah. for, isn't there? I can't recall uh, just on that now. Ed, I can't recall uh, a game against Sydney. I, I struggle with calling it the Big Blue, and I struggle with all yeah. the. You know, we've got a name for every game at the moment: the original rivalry, the old rivalry, the new rivalry, yeah. the derby, the distance derby. You, you name it, we come up with a, a marketing uh, aspect and a marketing angle. But I can't remember a game against Sydney in the last, well, you know, really since inception, but since I've been in, in charge, I can't remember in the last three or four years where there hasn't been something important riding on the game uh, against Sydney. That leads to the fact that, you know, how the two clubs, if you like, uh, two big city clubs, uh, have been at the forefront of the big games and the forefront of the trophies and all those sort of things. And this one's no different. We we go across there with uh, you know so much riding on the game. I'll put it this way: I'd much prefer uh, going into a game with uh, having so much to ride on it than uh, being a dead rubber. And you know that's what we've got at the moment uh, in this next one as well. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Victory's Kevin Musket ahead of the Big Blue. <laughs> but mate, Muskie, um, the SCG. There are some great grounds in this country and the SCG's yeah. one of them. You, you find someone who wants to talk down the A-League on every street corner, uh, not only yeah. uh, in other sports, but in the, the, the game itself. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but you know, we, we do a great job of, uh, you know, of knocking ourselves. But we go to the SCG. We've got the two winningest teams in the competition's history. We've got marquee names from one end of the pitch to the other. I mean, there's just so much to be excited about with this game. Yeah. It, uh, it's, a, it's a real opportunity to, to showcase the game and, and, and talk it up, uh, you know, in the eyes of Australian sport in general, isn't it? Without doubt. And, um, you know, Sydney find themselves in that position where their ground's been obviously uh, refurbished and, and, and being re- rebuilt. So uh, I think they've done a tremendous job in taking the games to where they have and, and not compromising on... You know, surface. They moved the game because they weren't happy with the surface, and and to have this one there at the SCG, as you said, uh, it's great. We're looking forward to it. It's you know we've never played there. I'm not too sure if Sydney's actually played there. They might have. Yeah, have um, yeah they have. So uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, again a big crowd, and you know they've uh, across uh, across our rivals across New South Wales have spoken about the previous two games and who's been who's performed better and who's got. Result and uh, just adds to, as you said, another milestone in our game. Just to, to go on about the the, the great um, Sydney Cricket Ground, do the players? Do you find that you know they get excited about going to, to you know a time on a venue when there's so much? You know, I mean, there's a sweep of uh, of Sydney available if you win. The Premier's plates back, uh, you yeah. know, to life, yeah. and, and then you know the players get uh, you know excited about these things. Yeah, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but it hasn't really been mentioned to be honest. The focus, yeah. The bubble officially focus. burst. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was trying to be a son of a but I didn't know any other way. No, you you uh, take him down, Kev. You take him down. Yeah, no, I, I didn't uh, mean to take any. It's just the fact oh, that... Okay. Our, it, it our happens focus. every day in this bloody studio. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, the focus has been on the job in hand. and uh, At the moment, uh, the, the focus is not the game. The focus is our preparation. Mm. 
So the only thing that's been discussed and the only thing that the detail in our preparation to put us in the best possible position to perform well because wins just don't occur. You know, wins is a number of uh, factors that uh, go into performing well and winning and preparation is key. And uh, up until this time, it really hasn't been mentioned without doubt. You know, part of the detail is you know, the environment and, uh, you know, we're big on the environment. So, you know, we'll make sure we when we do get across there, we'll have the ground assessed and, and make sure all those things are ticked off uh, once again. So no detail is uh, uh, not really uh, scratched and, and make sure that uh, we're ourselves in the best position. Kev, Dino here. Um, obviously, last week's result was massive. Yes. And I thought it was an unbelievably great performance from, from your boys. Uh, I thought you set your yes. stall up well. If you look at the stats, uh, you just go, well, we're at a different game. But when you're watching it live there for the yeah, whole yeah. 90 minutes plus, it was yeah. an unbelievable game from both sides. You know, both sides yeah. were, were good quality. And you know when most probably just, if I can take you back to the week prior to you going over to Perth, when you most yeah. probably looked at it, you go, we've got Perth this week. I know you're not thinking about Sydney the next week because yeah, you only think yeah. of one game at a time. But you go, if we were to get a result here, which then could set us up to then go in a different yeah. mindset for next week, do, do you yeah. use that type of psychology with the lads that, you know, if we've got this result down now, now we can go there yeah. and win that next three points? Not really. Uh, just to... Uh, uh, before I answer the question, then uh, was the show named after you, mate? Box to box. Yeah. Well, uh, it most probably was. I thought, <laughs> I, I thought it was bar to bar. When I thought I must be named after you. Know, <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, I think you know when you get to this time of year and you get to the players knew themselves, and you know I can sense during a week. Uh, you know how much needs to be said and how much needs to be forced. Uh, the players knew themselves. You know what was at stake and what was on the line, and uh, I didn't really need to say too much about building it up and what's at stake and if this happens and if that happens, because I could generally sense that prior to the game, you know, I could really sense that the players were were on and was, you know, there's a clear understanding what was at stake. So there wasn't too much said from from that perspective, if anything at all. And I've got to agree with you. You know, I've watched the game back once or twice, and it was a high quality game uh, with two teams. Uh, that uh, on on the day and, and throughout the season have been well organised and both teams have got you know a lot of quality and on the day you know both teams' quality uh, was on show. The stats uh, again, the three points were handed out based on stats. You know we would prepare to win the stat count on, on on all those things, but unfortunately that's not how it works. Uh, the stats are obviously a reflection of the game without doubt, but also, uh, you know, the fact that when we scored, we scored relatively early. We got our second goal at the 60th minute mark, so the stats get affected by the moments in the game. So, uh, you know, that's why, you know, games aren't won on paper. They're obviously won on the grass. You know, the stats tell one story, but it's not a true reflection of how the game's been played out. Hey, Muskie, uh, thanks again for your time, mate. Uh, good no luck problem. this weekend. Uh, look, uh, we're really looking forward, no matter, you know, uh, whether the... Premier's plate is up for grabs or, or not. We know it's going to be a ripping final season, so uh, you'll be right there in yeah. the thick of it, mate. And if uh, if it ends anywhere near like it, what it ended last year, we're in for uh, a, a lot of good football. No, no problem, boys. And uh, well done on the good work you're doing, and thanks for your support. Good yeah, on cheers, Muskie. Good on you, Kev. All right, boys, we're going to stick around and talk a little bit more A-League. We're going to break down that game and all the rest of them after the break on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this 
is Box to Box. Good chat with Muskie there. Very excited about the big blue on this weekend. But um, It was a great chat with Muskie. <laughs> absolutely. Well, he was in gonna, good form. He was. We're going to talk all the rest of the A-League. But before we do that, we're all family men in this studio. We are. Willem will be one day. He's the son, <laughs> probably. He's the one making a mess at his house, I'd imagine. Now he's a fine strapping young man that he is. He's travelled over to the World Cup, probably bought lots of trinkets back. And uh, his mum and dad are saying, Willem, where are we going to store this stuff? Because when your family grow, you accumulate a lot of stuff and it clutters the house. And young men in particular, as I well know, with an 18-year-old by the name of Thomas, don't put their stuff away. you got to get it somewhere. So what do you do? You call Storage King. They've got the answer. You'll have all the space you need at home for that very growing family. All the things that created those great family memories are going to be safe and secure. And a great team at Storage King are going to help you to pack them. Blokes like Dave Redman, a new acquisition at Storage King, an absolute weapon of a man. He is the sort of guy that runs a very, very tight ship. So call 1-800-STORAGE today or preferably go to storageking.com.au. What was his name? Dave Redman. Dave, the weapon, Redmond. Exactly. And let Storage King give you back some space. Uh, Storage Kings, they are the kings of storage moving and more. And Michael, they've got all sizes catered for. They offer easy access to your goods. High security premises. They've got boxes, packing materials, everything. That is Storage King. Even the sticky tape. The lot. The masking tape. Exactly. The the cardboard, stick up your cardboard box tape. You name it. Every single thing you need to store your gear. Hey, Dino, A-League, let's go. Yeah. Um, Melbourne City versus Brisbane Roar. Big game for, big game for Melbourne City. <laughs> sorry, we love the A-League. Yeah, it's a big game for Melbourne, Melbourne City. City. It's can massive. They, can they win? Well, look, put it this way. Can they win? They can. They can. And if they do, you know, and, and it's only a one night, they can they can jump Adelaide and be one point behind uh, Phoenix uh, with a game with, with obviously Phoenix having well, the game Well, they get back Vidicic, they get back McLaren and they get back Atkinson. Well, there's three decent players that mm. can contribute, yeah. Uh, unavailable Scott Jamison with a toe injury. Yeah, Jamo's, but he's been out for a little he has, bit. He has, so but, uh, uh, at Brisbane, uh, they get back, uh, well, they promoted Isaac Powell and Joe Coletti, who had such a great yeah. uh, little uh, stint with the Yolly Roos. He's back. Oh. Uh, they've got quite a few on Avala. We won't go through them all, but um, I think I think City. Despite th- my sarcasm, Melbourne City will win. I think it will as well. I mean, this is this is a do or die if they've got any chance yeah, of Rob, really cementing themselves. I think on the home dig, the city the, the city will win. Yeah, I think they will. They, they I think they've got enough in them. And um, and look, I don't think Warren Joyce is a bad coach. No, me neither. I, I just think um, that uh, you know he's he's used the power that he's had um, and unfortunately it just look it could have gone either way well it doesn't work anyway but they got to win this week if they want to have some sort of tilt at the finals Newcastle Jets host Western Sydney Wanderers which we were hoping was going to be a bigger game than it is because Newcastle Jets got pumped in Wellington okay well again we can look at this a different way as well Ernie Merrick I think has come out and saying it's going to be difficult for them to make the six. But I don't think it's impossible if they were to... Well, they've got to win this one. If they've it got isn't. to win this one. Western Sydney Wanderers and are better. Actually, how many points are Western Sydney Wanderers? Well, they're on 23, so realistically... How many points are they at? 26. So it's, it's, they could, and, but their goal difference, Western Sydney Wanderers, yeah. is less. But if they so, win every game? Western Sydney Wanderers, yeah. they can make the finals. That's it. So um, Ronnie Vargas, uh, he returns from injury. Viduka gets promoted. 
um, after his uh, good stellar form with the Ollie Roos and Thurgate is also promoted. Cowburn has been omitted. Hoffman's unavailable. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, Mark Bridge is promoted at last. He's available. And Tate Russell. So interesting to see what's going on there. Uh, I'm gonna, I am gonna. I was really disappointed with Newcastle I Jets last, last week. week. Uh, they've lost me, Laurie. I'm sorry, Laurie. Um, they've <laughs> lost me. Uh, Western <laughs> Sydney are going to go up there and win. And Western Sydney might actually make the finals if Melbourne City don't win. But uh, Western Sydney Some Wanderers Some of us tipped Wellington last week. Do you know one why of us win? did, I think. Do you know me? why they'll win? Why? Because you didn't tip them. No, no, Western Sydney Wanderers win because they have, at the moment, one of the best players in the W League going around. What? Duke. The W League? The A League, sorry. Yeah. Duke. <laughs> yes. I don't think you'd be too impressed with that. No, no, he won't um, be. No, yes, he's been brilliant. Duke what about, his, uh, yeah, what about yeah. his goal celebration? No, unbelievable. But even like his first game. Split. First, yeah, no, he's good. First time he touched the ball, he scored. Mitchell Duke is a very good player and he's got him going. Yeah, I agree. Um, Rob, who are you going for? Uh, I'm going to go for at home the Jets. There you go. Yeah, I think. Um, the, Dino, you're with me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, no, I'm going to go a draw. He's going to go a draw. I'm going Western Sydney. Mm. There you go. Yeah, I haven't given up on Ernie. So, so um, I'm, I'm still in his corner. Okay. Don't you worry the about that. Big blue. The big blue. Let's get onto that. Uh, Sydney. At the SCG. Well, this is the game of the round for me. The grand um, old round. You know, and Jop van der Linden's been promoted. Um, yeah. Ivanovic has been promoted. Um, in terms of uh, Melbourne victory. Uh, sure, it's the no game change. of the round for you, Dino. It no is, change. definitely. Yeah, it's a huge game. <laughs> it's massive. Um, especially like with the, the victory win last week, um, I thought it was really professional. I thought the way Kev uh, set them up. Um, and yeah, no, it, it doesn't come unlikely as well where the two contributors with the goals, and I know you shouldn't isolate that out, but Oli Toivonen and uh, Kesuke Honda, massive with regards to the goals and the composure from the free kick and the penalty. Um and for me, it was just a really professional performance. And, you know, I didn't expect that. I, I didn't, not, not so much I didn't expect. I thought... Twinovan makes a huge difference. He does. So, he, yeah. he, when they had him out, they yeah. were still getting results of sorts. But but he's like the icing on the cake. The same I mean, with Sim De Jong, you know, up, yeah. up there in Sydney. Well, so. exactly right. And that most probably that's the, the other thing with Sydney last week. Who are you going was, for here? Oh, look, it's a draw. Oh, he's going to draw. Know. I'm going to draw. Very unlike you. Who are you going for? Rob? I'm not going to split them. Mm. Well, I don't... Yeah, look, I'm going to go for victory. I I, I think that there's just um, something about them right now with those big-name players that are uh, strutting their stuff, flexing their muscles. Uh, Muskie convinced me chatting to him just now. It feels like he's got... Oh, the... look, he had me as well. He had yeah. me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. And but, box um, to box and bar to bar. Yeah, yeah. And not, and, and, and not the least of which is, of course, you know, to get to be able to go over to Perth and knock them off. Oh, mate, uh, it's massive. Convincingly no. in, a, in a really good game And that, they'll be buoyant for this. Yeah. I, I look, I'm... I'm, I'm I think if I was going to go victory to win, mm. but I'm going to go draw... Mm. Just because I know they're going to be tight affairs and neither team will stop playing till their very last whistle. So yeah, I actually I mean, could be a think that despite their um, loss in Japan, they were very good, um, and they were they backed that up in Perth. Uh, so I'm with you, Rob. Melbourne Victory will win, albeit. Um, Sydney will be the favourites. And apologies to my friend Michael Alafarchi at Storage King, who yeah. is a massive fan of, of Sydney, uh, FC. Sydney FC, and he'll be spewing... He won't be happy um, with that. Hears, no, he won't be. He won't be, be happy with that. Anyway, Adelaide United. Adelaide and Wellington. This Wellington, is, so this this is another a, good game. It's a good yeah. one. I mean, I, turn the clock two weeks ago, I'd just been Wellington, Wellington. And I am actually going to go Wellington. I'm sticking with them. They're winning away at Adelaide. Yeah, Wellington's winning away at Adelaide for me too. 
Yes, I'm. Uh, we'll take a yeah, hat on me. that. I think Mark Rudin's uh, going to do some nice things in the finals. Yes, and I think the lax game is Central the, Coast oh, and Perth Glory. Got, well, look, I mean, I know it's it's it. I know it's I know it's been settled down, but uh, for me, Perth Glory will bounce back and get a three valuable points. Perth Glory. Okay, Perth. That's all of us. All right, gentlemen. Well done. Um, that's the A League. Um, I'm looking forward to the final. So I know there's dramas. We talked to Simon about it, the working group, all the rest of it. But uh, you know, how about the um, you know the, the football people of this country get right behind the A League, support our game, and uh, get along to the SCG for a start. Pack the joint, uh, get some really good pictures for the news, and uh, the fans of other sports will watch it and uh, and say, you know, maybe this thing is uh, uh, worth going along and uh, investigating a little bit. All right, that's my say. Okay, after the break, we've got. News part two, including Soccer Central. We got Rob Tanner. We're going to talk about the Premier League in detail with our good mate Robbie. Robbie, then we're going to talk about the championship with Tina and wrap it up with stoppage time. That's all next on Box to Box. Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Welcome back to Box the Box on NTS News Talk Sport. This is Box the Box. A big hour coming up after a big, big first hour. Willem's going to talk to us very shortly with second edition news, including Socceroos Central. And after a full start last week, the chief football writer of the Leicester Mercury, Rob Tanner, he's just waiting, standing Hello, by. Hello, Rob. You there, Rob? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's going to be having a yarn to us about everything going on in well, the UK, and we'll be talking about. He's next off the next cab off the rank, isn't he? He certainly is. You better you, you better get your text message going to make sure he's there, Rob. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Stop interrupting. Uh, <laughs> all the rest of Europe with Dino, and of course, stoppage time. We will wrap it up with that very venerable segment. Willem, what have you? got because I'm excited to hear. Soccer is central to start for the Green and Gold Army. Join the Matildas in France for the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup this June with the Green and Gold Army. Bailey Wright was back in action for Bristol as they defeated Middlesbrough 1-0. Wright was described as excellent in the Bristol post. The Robins remained fifth in the championship so were firmly in the mix for promotion. In the Premier League, Matt Ryan coughed up three goals as Brighton went down to Chelsea. Oh, but they were some goals, weren't they? <laughs> Certainly were. Brighton find themselves just five points above the drop, but with two sides already relegated, they may do just enough to stay up this year. Do you I'm worried about uh, Brighton? I tell you what, uh, they've just if they stay up, it's just going to get there. They've got obviously there's only one club. Uh, uh, in the hunt to avoid relegation, that's currently in the bottom three, Dino. But are you worried about Matty and, and Brighton? Am I worried? Yeah. yeah I look, the, the, they are in a bit free fall. Uh, but Cardiff, look, he's a wily old fox. I mean, they got done over this week, and he talked about playing the 23s, which I thought was funny. Didn't play any of them, just just to wind everyone up because he was yeah. miffed with what happened against Chelsea on the weekend. But yeah, look, if they get a result, it's three points, and then all mm. of a sudden it's a two-point gap. All of a sudden, then mm. you don't know what could happen. So I, it could go down to the wire because they're in free fall at the but, moment. But I think that three-nil is looks a lot worse than it oh, really it does. was because it was a, a really st- slow start to that game, um, and it was Callum Hudson-Odoi's Hudson yeah, Premier debut, League debut. debut. He had played uh, 
you know, some, some other yeah. league games. and But uh, not very often that you, you play for your country before you, you make your Premier League debut. He set up that... Well, that's the, that's Gareth's job at the moment, just to make sure all these young lads start playing exactly. in their first teams. But that ribbon, <laughs> that, that Loftus-Cheek goal, uh, it, it was cleared out the cobwebs, didn't it? So he's he another one, though, isn't he? Yeah. Where is he? I mean, well, yeah, he's another one. Where's he been hiding? Sorry, Will. Sorry, Will. Our fellow keeper, Danny Vukovic, was in goal as Genk went down 1-0 to Antwerp. Genk remain top of the championship round of the Belgian Pro League. The championship round is their final series equivalent. So after the regular season, the top six play each other home and away, 10 games each, and there's more silverware on offer for whoever tops the table there. So Genk are leading as we speak. There was a debut in Greece for Panos Armanakis. He played the final 15 minutes for Panathinaikos. He's been touted for a long time as a massive underage talent, so fantastic to see him playing some seniors. Almobil and Michelin have cruised to the Danish Cup final. Uh, didn't work out for Awa in the league, but he's a chance of silverware after all. Mark Milligan and Oliver Bazanich put in full shifts for Hibs and Hearts, respectively, while Tom Rogic was thrown into the furnace of the old firm Derby on his return from injury. And a quick mention for Adam Taggart, my favourite player. He scored a double for Sue one last week, so he started life well okay. in Korea. Um, you can't just say my favourite player without telling us why he's your favourite player, Will. Oh, I think he's fantastic. I think he's the guy over the last 10 years who could have been the one to lead the line for the Socceroos. He's still only 25, so he still could do, I think, when he's, his body's right. Mm. He's got the full package. He's good in the air. He can drop deep. I think guys like Urich and McLaren have had some um, aspects of the game that have been brilliant, but they've really fallen down in others. I think Taggart's a full package, so hopefully he Well, people fit. forget he went to Brazil and the, the World Cup in Brazil and uh, got his uh, game against uh, Spain. Didn't do so well, but um, interestingly enough, uh, yeah, if he can do well in Asia... He will be back in the hunt, no doubt about it. Oh, and everyone's in the mix under Arnie. He scored. So I mean, he scored a great up. record in the A-League. You've got a forum, yeah. Willem, so keep using That's it. it. Mm. Last week, we were celebrating Moise Keane's exploits for Italy. This week, he's been the subject of racist abuse whilst playing for Juventus. Mm. After being abused throughout the match, Keane scored against Cagliari and spread his arms to their supporters in a sort of black and proud stance reminiscent of Nicky Winmar in Australia all those years ago at Victoria Park. Uh, so this is where it gets really nasty. Teammate Leonardo Bonucci remarkably claimed Keane should shoulder 50% of the blame for provoking the fans. Uh, Raheem Sterling, who's become synonymous with combating racist abuse, called Bonucci's comments laughable. Yeah, they were. I mean, I, I love um, you know the Italian culture and their emotional, the emotional way they live their life. But Bonucci should. Uh, just fed Italian him. football's got a problem with it. You disgusting. need to call a spade a spade. Yeah, absolutely. Italian football's got a problem I mean, with it's, it. It's they need, they need the whole uh, the leader, the leaders in the Italian football game, the leaders in the clubs mm. need to come out strongly. And, and well, they didn't. Condemn, did they? No, they didn't. They need to come out strongly and condemn this. And because there are pockets in the world, um, you know, uh, the old former Yugoslavia, Russia. Uh, uh, there is pockets in the world where this stuff is Montenegro is happening. That's right. That's what I mean. Um, so in, in Italy, England as well. Yeah, but in Italy, we haven't seen Australia the compelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah mm. but uh, not not to this extent. Not probably. to this extent in Australia, you know. But but in it's not very often that you get a teammate um, saying that a, a player who's been a victim of racist abuse uh, contributed Correct. to by by that is outrageous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is completely outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't talk about other, other codes too often in this, but we wish, we should mention the response that the West Coast Eagles in AFL had to yeah, yeah. one of their players being racially vilified. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic, yeah. the response. They called it out. They called it for what it was. Mm-hmm. And they stood together, arm in arm, and said, we're not going to have it. And that's what needs to happen in these places like Italy. It's just rubbish. Mm-hmm. And I love Italian football, but that part yeah. of it, I don't. 
Wolverhampton looks set to retain striker Raul Jimenez on a permanent deal for a fee in the region of 55.5 million Aussie dollars. Jimenez has led the line superbly for Wolves this season, scoring 15 goals in all competitions, whilst on loan from Benfica. The 27-year-old looks set to stay at the Molyneux until 2023 with a four-year deal on the cards. We should be talking to the gaffer over here, uh, Rob Gilbert. He's the Wolverhampton I man. I wasn't going to run this exactly. one. You, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, must yeah. be happy with his, the investment. Oh, very happy. I just, um, you know, I'm very, uh, I don't know, it's uh, ever since I went there and uh, spread the fairy dust over the Molyneux, um, you know, look, it was uh, it was looking uh, ugly for them during that game because they've been allowed to come back from behind. They haven't. They haven't they've just gone from strength arrived, to strength. They've just not looked I back. I wandered around the city like, like well, Edge mentioned Willy Wonka, just sort of, uh, you know, waving the uh, the, cho- <laughs> the golden tickets all over the place. Bolton Pie Factory. <laughs> uh, by comparison, Fulham will join Huddersfield back in the English Championship next season after a 4-1 loss to Watford confirmed their relegation. The Cottagers find themselves 16 points adrift of safety with five games remaining in what's been a disastrous return to the top flight. They've had three different managers throughout the season and have conceded a massive 76 goals and counting. They've been really unable to tighten up uh, that defence at any stage. Yeah, real shame for Fulham. Uh, they yeah, they look so good in that uh, that playoff final against Villa, wasn't it? And um, you know they they it look was. primed to you know the the the, the, uh, the fans were excited. Well, it's also they spent hundred so million pounds in the uh, in the off season and the owner. But they had that young star and the, Ryan. And the, and the owner apologised so much. As well, well. It's, it's, it's interesting. They they had a really good side. They played really good football. Mm-hmm. They played right. some of the best football. They beat Derby in the playoffs in in that in that run. Got to where well, they must have been got, good. No, no, they, no, they were better than us, I thought. Um, but if you look then, 100 million you've spent, got rid of the manager, he's bought in far too many new players. Mm. You know, about 12 came in. Then, then Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong came on board. So <laughs> yeah. that that was the, that, <laughs> yeah. that was a distraction. Then you've got the boy Parker that's come in, who's very, very great player, really very good player, great career. But it was interesting. I listened to this and someone said. What industry in the world would ever be spending hundreds of millions of pounds expecting shareholders to be, you know, they're signing all of this off. And the person who's actually taking the job has got no experience in the world because he's never, ever been a manager. It's ridiculous. Well, it wouldn't happen in any other in any other walk of life. No. Be interesting to see whether they um, can get themselves... And that's real. nothing against him, by the way. That's just mm. what football does. Because those are the ingredients, Dino, of not only getting relegated, which they have been, those are the ingredients of going slipping through free the championship. Free, free fall. Free fall through the championship yeah, pretty quickly absolutely. too. Mm. And just a final one, Tottenham have finally christened their long-awaited new stadium. What a place. How good was it? win over Crystal mm. Palace. They immediately made themselves at home in their $1.8 billion stadium with Song Hyun-min and Christian Eriksen finding the net. It took a bit longer than expected, but Jeezy, it did look very impressive. Now, so happy that is, Song scored the first yeah, goal in the stadium. Yeah. So yeah, a bit nervous at halftime, though. Now, will no, Levy <laughs> open, loosen the purse strings for the pot, or is he going to say for the next couple of years, sorry, I'm paying off that uh, $2 billion stadium I built? Well, he needs to have Premier League, uh, not just Premier League, but Champions League, I should say, um, played at that stadium, so he might need to... Uh, I like Daniel Levy, though. I still think he's the shrewdest one. Yeah, in but he's, he's left a skinny squad, and they're, ma- they're making themselves pay for it at the moment. Yes, that was a good win and all that sort of stuff, but... But they're in an up, they're in an uphill battle to get to qualification for Champions League. Well, just just, just well, quickly, just one little th- th- ten second. Yeah. Tottenham's yeah. training for centre yeah. rated number one in you know as a, as a, a product, and now the number one stadium. So yeah. thinking long term. Yeah. You can maybe see where Daniel Levy's been going. Yeah, well, he's, uh, and how good are the stadiums in London? They're very good. Wembley, Twickenham, yeah. 
Tottenham Stadium asked the Emirates. Oh, Emirates, yeah. Fantastic. Well, apparently the Olympic Stadium at West Ham yeah. play. Yeah, West Stanford Bridge. Bridge. Did I mention that? Yeah, you've been stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you, Willem. Thank you. Barracking for Chelsea in the Tottenham. No, no, it was, no, no, Spurs. I wasn't barracking for Chelsea that day. I was. Uh, I think if it was, I'll tell you the story one day. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, Rob Tanner, we're going to talk to our good mate, the chief football writer of the Leicester Mercury, and uh, look, he'll have a few views on that brand new stadium next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes. This is Box to Box, and it's always an extra good episode when our very good friend from the Leicester Mercury, Rob Tanner, joins us. Welcome back, Robbie. How are you, mate? I'm good. Thank you very much. Mate, before we get into the general topic of the conversation, um, we, 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 sort of, uh, we had planned to have a chat last week, and we did it on our own about the Blue Noses. Uh, yeah. um, as a um, born and bred, how do you feel, mate? Well, initially, I was a bit angry because they're the first club that have been dock points for it. But um, when you analyse the extent of the debt yeah. and the, the reckless way the club's been run by the, the ownership, you think, blimey, they got away with it with just nine points. Uh, yeah. I know the Football League pushed for 12. Rob, just, just for uh, Australian uh, audiences, can you just detail what the debt is? Well, yeah, it's over 30 million they're making losses of. And obviously that is massively over the, the limit of financial fair play which was brought in to try and protect clubs from overspending and then getting themselves into debt, going into administration. And, um, I mean, you can get a 12-point deduction for going into administration. So, because um, obviously there's a threat then that you might not be able to fulfil your fixtures. And if many clubs are doing that, then it renders the whole system fast, really. Mm. Um, and then clubs have to be bailed out. Um, so that if this, is trying, this is trying to make owners and people who run the football clubs react in a reasonable way about how they run the business and they don't overspend beyond their income. Uh, I mean, it's been going on for a number of years. Leicester settled because they got promoted, and they were frequently a, a breach in the financial fair play rules when they got promoted to the Premier League. But because then they got promoted to the Premier League, they were out of the Football League, so the rules never, no longer applied, but they had to pay a fine, but the fine was only £3 million. But now, because there's so many clubs that have been doing this, um, that um, Nottingham Forest have been one, they've had a transfer ban, Blues got found out and they got a transfer ban, but then they signed Pedersen under the transfer ban. So uh, I think the Football League went enough enough. People are just taking uh, the mickey out of this now and uh, we're going to hit somebody hard and we're going to hit Birmingham City hard. So they're the first ones to be docked points, but they haven't been docked, uh, given a fine uh, and their transfer embargo is now lifted. So it's basically the end of the matter. So it's a fresh start. So obviously it's killed their chances of getting into the playoffs, which I think were slipping away anyway. Yeah, yeah, so this side has massively overachieved under Gary Monk. Um, and they're on a bad run of results at the moment, although the performances haven't been too bad. I watched them against West Bromwich Albion last week and they were very, very good in the first half. Superb. But they're looking for a spell at the moment where everything seems to be going against them. Do you still, do you still think they'll stay up, though? Uh, they've got enough in the bank? They've got five points uh, buffer now to the bottom three. And I think five points is a, is a lot for the clubs that are struggling. I yeah, mean, they're down there for a reason. They're struggling to get results, and they've got to claw back a, a couple of good. I think they might, Blues might still have enough in the, uh, in the bank. And that's why I think a lot of Blues fans look at it now and think, well, take our medicine now when it, doesn't re- it might not really affect us. Um, if, it, if this had been in, in one of the, the previous seasons, they would have been relegated. Because they did, had some really poor seasons. Um, so they're taking medicine, start afresh, no transfer ban, got a, got a lot of faith in Gary Monk, uh, regroup in the summer. Let's hope some, some reasonable owners come in at some stage and take the club on, but I, don't, I can't see that happening. 
uh, and then push on regardless of um, the way the clubs run. Now, going to the Premier League, uh, Rob, um, it's getting tasty again, isn't it? I mean, they just can't be separated, this City and uh, Liverpool, week in, week out, depending on when the first team plays and blinks. It's yeah. uh, it's it's massive, and and now you know with the Tottenham thing, you know, I mean, there's so much to talk about with their new their new ground overnight and getting a result in third, and then Arsenal having this little run that they can go with a game in hand, and then you've got Chelsea now. You know, Hudson Odoi's made his debut, so the world is all gone to right, and uh, and then you've got Man United where he gets the job, and then. Gets off to a bad start. Where do, where do we want to start? Well, should we start with the top two? Why not? They, they just keep taking chunks out of each other, don't they? It's fascinating <laughs> to watch. Um, whoever goes first, there's pressure on them because obviously the, the way that things are going in the running, one will be kicking off before the other up until the last day of the season because of the TV. Um, so whoever goes first, there's pressure on them to get the victory and get the points in the bag and push on. And what I like about Liverpool at the moment is that even though they're not really firing on all cylinders, they're still getting those results. Man City starting to purr again a little bit for me. I'm Sergio Aguero. <laughs> I, I have to cast my vote. We have for the P- Football Writers Association I'm a member of. All the football journalists in the country vote for their player of the year and I've picked out Sergio Aguero this year for not just for his goals, for his assists, his all-round play. Well, it's he's a renaissance of a career really, isn't it? Too. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Um, he's had a fantastic season. And Raheem Sterling would, would have been a contender as well. So I, my money's still on Man City, but Liverpool are, are, are doing a great job. And in a normal season... When you didn't have a Man City in there, they would have romped this league. Yeah, they would. But, um, yeah, it's just it's amazing that it's just um, these two sides just keep going. They now, just keep going. They're relentless. And it's, it's now, what, what about Tottenham-Arsenal? Big rivalry on and off the park, as we all know, with the North London. Obviously, Tottenham now come in with the new stadium. Arsenal have, have done really well with I am I thought he's done a really good... Um, he's really, done super well. He's done really well for me with with what he was and, taking and he's, over. And he's brought a lot of uh, Arsenal fans out of the woodwork as well um, that have been very quiet in recent times, including Michael. And, and he weathered a storm mid-season where he did. things weren't going right and people were going, oh, we've got another dud in here. This is the same as when Wenger was here. Um, but people, I think people <laughs> underestimate <laughs> how difficult it is being that transitional manager yeah. when he comes in after a legacy mm. like that you know you've got to reshape the club you've got to galvanise the players that are already there even though you probably don't want half of them there you want your own team bring your own team but you need time to do that but in the meantime to buy yourself time you've got to get results and um, he's slowly started to get them going again now and I thought they've been particularly impressive Lacazette it looks a good player the Ozil thing still hovers over them uh, whether uh, Ozil is, 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 is it their defence as well at times? Yeah, and, and that's been an issue for a number of seasons. To be I mean, growing up, Arsenal were always famous for that yeah. that defence. You know, the George Graham um, Arsenal that um, you know everything was built around that back four, and uh, but it's not been the case in, the, in for a number of years now at Arsenal, and that's always been there a bit of their Achilles heel. But I think that's the nature of the Premier League in modern times. It's um, it's all about attack, 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 and now defenders aren't. Uh, selected or bought because of their defensive quality solely. I mean, Brendan Rodgers, Leicester, has been talking about defenders that can play out from the back and can bring the ball out from the back. They've got to be just as comfortable on the ball as, as midfield players. And some, so, so sometimes you have to sort of compromise a little bit and go with guys that aren't particularly that strong defensively as well. I mean, if you've got the, per, the, the whole package like Virgil van Dijk, then happy days, but then they don't come cheap. Um, so that's something that Arsenal need to address. Spurs remains to see, be seen whether the new stadium will give them that little kick right at the end of the season when they really need it because they've had little spells this season like all, all the other clubs have had 
when things haven't gone quite that, that well. In fact, I think the, the, the moment in the campaign when they were really purring was when Harry Kane was out injured. And, he, and Son yeah. took, it, took it on to another level, and he, he was playing superbly. But uh, they had a little, they've had a few wobbles, and Pochettino's been asked a few questions of a couple of times. But this new stadium, getting the fans galvanised again, because I think they, it's been warmly received, and I love the idea of building a wall similar to uh, Borussia Dortmund behind the goal. You know, they'll have one big, one-tiered stand where all the hardcore fans will go and make a lot of noise and um, create a great atmosphere and, and, and it will be totally different to being at Wembley. So, yeah, both of them coming good at the right time. I, I'm, I'll be a little bit concerned now in the race of the top four for Man United and Chelsea, uh, if I'm honest. Um, the Solskjaer uh, bounce has started to, uh, to level off now. They've had a few defeats. Um, and a lot, there's a few, even a few United fans that have been on talk show, radio shows, um, questioning the decision to give Solskjaer the, the job. <laughs> they yeah. have, not they? <laughs> yeah, what, why not wait till the end of the season, they're saying. But mm. I think yes. he, his performances the way he got the, that squad together um, after Mourinho was impressive, um, and I think the club have decided that is enough. He's earned his, his, the opportunity to have a go at this, and uh, he comes from the Man United stock as well, doesn't he? And he's Fergie's boy, and uh, so I think there's a lot going for him internally at the club. But um, he still needs uh, performances on the pitch. He still needs his big men like Paul Pogba to come come good if they're going to stand a chance of uh, going for four. If he's going to stay, yeah, if he's going to stay, yeah, this is box to box well, on I, NTS yeah, I mean, News Talk Sport, gentlemen. We're talking to <laughs> our very good friend Rob Tenner from the. He, he comes out with. Um, Pogba comes out with every phrases every now and then that give you the impression he's, he's looking for a way out. But uh, if in terms of clubs, the big clubs in the world, there's not many that are bigger than Man United. So, yeah, it remains to be seen what happens with him. OK, uh, a lot of interest in Australia, Rob, that uh, Brighton are on the slide. We want to know whether um, our boy Matt Ryan can help Brighton stay clear of uh, that uh, relegation spot number 18 on the ladder. About Brighton for a while, um, there's something not quite clicking for them this season. But I still think they're going to have enough. I think Cardiff City are going to be the side because everything seems to be transpiring against them. Um, if you saw the Chelsea game the other day and the decisions that went mm. against them, and Neil Warnock losing his call with the referee, and um, you, you know, he, he, that's going to go either one of two ways. It's either going to galvanise them, he's going to have a siege mentality around them, and they're going to kick on and get a couple of results towards the end of the season to, to keep them up but the gap's getting bigger, or they'll just implode. Um, they'll just feel that, you know, that, that the whole world's against them, so what's the point? And, uh, and then, you, you, I mean, they, they had another uh, defeat in the week as well. So that gap is getting bigger, and that's my big worry. They've got to go on a really good run between now and the season. That's not impossible. We've seen it a few years ago, 2015, when Leicester City won seven of their last nine games to stay in the division. Um, so, you know, it is possible, but... Um, looking unlikely for Cardiff at the moment, so I think uh, your boy might have another season at least in the Premier League. <laughs> that's great. Well, but there's plenty of teams below 40 points at the moment, Rob, and that's obviously the magical number that uh, uh, all the clubs are looking to go for. I mean, mm. Bournemouth in 12th spot on the ladder still have 38 points, so um, even Crystal Palace, if they don't uh, you know, if they don't get their act together, they could slip down, but um, yeah, I agree with you, Cardiff City, um, as much as um, the old crafty Fox uh, Neil Warnock uh, would like to think he's got it in him to get him up. Uh, the, the odds are against them. And the games are running out. And they've lost their main defender and Sol Bamba to injury. So there's a lot going against them at this time. And, uh, you know, it's going to be very hard for them to, to pull themselves out of this now. And last question before we go, Rob. Uh, your predictions for the FA Cup semi-finals are probably easier with the the uh, the City uh, 
Seagulls match, but um, who do you think gets the better of uh, Wolverhampton and, uh, and Watford? Well, both sides are so equally matched, and they've been in the race for seventh. It's been very interesting to watch both of them. I like Wolves. I like the way they play. I'm obviously a West Midlands lad as well, so um, and I used to cover them for a little while. So I hope it's Wolves that get to the final. Great historic club in the 50s, one of the biggest sides in Europe. Um, it'd be great to see them at Wembley. Whoever gets to the final out of those two, though, you expect they're going to come up against uh, Manchester City and uh, chasing a quadruple, which would be <laughs> quite astonishing if they achieve that. I mean, Pep Guardiola is some manager um, that night. He's got some team as well. So, But I, I, my money would be on Wolves to face Man City in the final. Okay, good tip. Robbie, thank you so much, uh, mate. We'll talk to you in a few weeks' time as um, we get to the real, real point again. Thank you. Rob Tanner, Chief Football Writer of the Leicester. How lucky we'd have Rob. He's good, isn't he? Um, Absolutely. We're very lucky to come across Rob when Leicester made that mighty run and he's been fantastic for us ever since. Okay, gentlemen, we'll talk some more. We're going to talk championship, aren't we? We're going to dig a bit deeper into the FA Cup and uh, find a few other little things to talk about next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talks. Well, we had a good chat to Rob Tanner about everything to do with uh, the Premier League. So uh, we're going to give Dean a free run tonight on the championship. And, uh, of course, we're going to um, have a, a bit of a deeper look at the uh, the um, FA Cup semi-finals. Now, before we do that, however... You've been listening for the last few weeks and I've been talking about getting your flu shot for $12.99 at Chemist Warehouse. But did you know it can take up to three weeks before the flu shot begins to protect you? So don't leave it until the cold weather comes in. Get it done now. You've got to arm up against the flu this season and get your flu shot at Chemist Warehouse. It's quick, convenient and affordable. Plus, you don't need to bring in a script. The prescription and administration are provided on site. That is the handy thing about it by qualified health professionals. This year, the quadrivalent strain is only $12.99 at Chemist Warehouse. So just save time. Uh, Get online, get to chemistwarehouse.com.au forward slash flu shot. I should say, that doesn't say shot, it's chemistwarehouse.com.au forward slash flu. Be confident, book yourself, get your vaccination, do the jab, and you'll be hopefully healthy this winter. We'll be doing it, won't we, gentlemen? We certainly will. All right. Now, Dino, so we had a good yarn to, to Robbie about um, everything that's going on in the Premier League. Uh, but, um, it's and not he also very touched often. on a little bit about Birmingham as well, didn't he? So yeah, just, yeah, Because obviously with the points deduction. So, But, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we can most probably hit off from the start. That EFL trophy, you know, most of us out there most probably don't know much about it, but it's a, it's a competition. It's mm-hmm. the fourth, what would it be, the fifth, let's say, champ trophy that you can win mm. and it was Sunderland and Portsmouth mm. were pitted against each other sold their 40,000 each allocation mm. Mm. broke the record attendance for this particular game 85,210 interestingly enough it went 2-2 it was a cracking game mm. and uh, Portsmouth came out on top on a 5-4 penalty so you always feel for the one who misses and what's intriguing is they they are neck to neck in the promotion mm run in the oh, first so they division. they could play to, again in the playoffs. Absolutely. For, well, well, they could both, technically, if everything went right, they could both get promoted. Hmm. But most probably, it's, it's the top two will go through and then 
And, and, and Portsmouth looking... in particular is a club that's been through the mill, hasn't it? Oh, it's brought have. back by its own fans. Uh, it's uh, it's a club that that's um, you know been to the brink. Well, like have you so seen have, have you seen Sunderland till I die? I haven't seen well, it yet. No, then, I then that that's pretty that. near the brink. So mm. where we are now, mm. we're we're at the time this time maybe last year where it was mm. uh, they got relegated mm. and now they're trying to come back. So. Mm. Both clubs have gone through the mill, as you say, and uh, it's good to see both of them perform like they did. And, and you know, I thought that was a really good tonic, you know. Yeah. And it was at Wembley, and again, then we go rent from there to the FA Cup, and that's this Saturday. And it's interesting; they've always played the semi-finals in and around the second week of April first. Um, and obviously, the Hillsborough disaster is that as well. That you know, always remind you of what semi-finals mm-hmm. were around that date. Uh, but this week it's um, you know it's Manchester City against Brighton on the Saturday. Um, I can only see one winner personally, mm, mm. but look, it's great achievement for Brighton to have a great cup run, uh, and I know the supporters of all clubs love a good cup run. And the other game is, is there any way you uh, there is if yeah, how there would is. you conceive of Brighton um, you know other than just well, parking it, the bus no, and they won't do that they'll exactly. play it, they'll play it like their cup final they'll just play I mean. Man City have took teams apart all over Europe, mm. so they can do it at any time. It depends on what team he puts out there. I think he'll try and go and win it and make sure he doesn't take anything for granted. But you only have to look at the game against Swansea. They were 2-0 down with not long to go mm. and then came back to beat them. So it can be done. Um, but I, I can't see anything but a City win. Um, and then it's your team, uh, Rob, again. <laughs> Wolverhampton Wanderers against Wat- Watford. Big semi-final on the Sunday. I can't pick this one because I no. I rate Watford and I well, rate Wolves. Good, and and I think they're very similar in, in some ways. Yeah. So, look, I think it'll be a cracking, cracking they're, they're, they're an underrated side, though, aren't they, Watford? They don't, they don't get the, the plaudits. No, they don't. So many other they don't. Get. But I, I can tell you now, I've listened to a documentary on TalkSport that we both listen to from time to time. And we had their uh, CEO and he mm. talks about the, the manager and the type of character he is with the players mm. and the people they've brought in. They're a very, very well-run club, Watford. Mm. Um, you know, they're, they're not a massive club, but they're very well run. But they've got talismanic players they like have. Troy Deeney there yeah. who, uh, you know, who just keep turning up in and out. Like the fans love them. They do. And, and, and look, for me, they're pretty consistent. They're always, you know, they're in the top mm. 10. So yeah. they're, they're always there and thereabouts. And, you know, it's one of those clubs that I think they want to just continue to expand and then become a really, really big club, just mm. as is what Wolves, Wolves are trying to do. But then, obviously, we go to the Championship. Now, that is really, really hotting up now. It's uh, it's getting to, uh, well, as we call the squeaky bum time. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's where decision-making is really, really important. And if you just look at some of the results over over last week, but more importantly, the game's coming up. I've, I've did a little exercise because they play Saturday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm. And if you look at the notes that we're all looking at for which game, it's a promotion and relegation in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, okay. thirteen games over the two to three days they're playing. It's either a top V bottom team which will have an impact on the top six which is obviously the promotion side mm-hmm. and the bottom three. So, I mean... And this is from Saturday in a four-day window from Saturday to Wednesday. Correct. So, I mean, they've they've, they've just come off from Tuesday. So, mm. obviously, midweek, you know, there was a couple of results. Uh, the Bristol City one, um, which was obviously what we talked about mm. earlier in the show with Middlesbrough. That was a, a great win there. And a couple of little surprises. I don't know if you heard about the Leeds-Millwall game. The Millwall were leading 2-1. They equalised Leeds 2-2 and then scored the winner. 
in the very, very last kick of the game. Mm. Uh, Nottingham Forest had a great win against Swansea. Um, Any sh- messages on that guy? Uh, yeah, well, no, we'll leave that one for John. I'm sure he'll be listening, but um, he'll, <laughs> be, he'll, he'll be quite happy there. And, 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 and Molly, yeah, so uh, we'll let them uh, bask in the sun. Um, I think the, the game for me as well, the Sheffield United-Bristol City, it was... Um, it was a pretty big game, and it, if you look at Bristol City's point of view, it's, they, it was a second v nine, mm. but they're they're now fifth in the table. Wow! And Dino, uh, just on Bristol City, it's that sort of move by a club like that at this time of the year that makes you stand up and notice, because normally people are on the slide, but they've um, yeah, they've had and, a good and, run. and again they've been thereabouts for the last five or six years, and so, they've got a game in hand. Yeah, yeah they have. so yeah, they're, they're well and truly in the hunt, and um, and great news for Bailey Wright. Um, who is obviously falling out of favour in Socceroos. He gets a bit of form back. Um, he could be back in the hunt uh, with the Socceroos. Don't mind, Bailey. Well, I think also even Aston Villa have been quite, quite consistent. And, it, and I look, even, look, Derby, you, you say that they've just dropped out there because of Bristol's win. But they win their game in hand. Well, let's see what's happening next time this week when we talk because uh, there will be um, a lot of change. Uh, yeah, there will be, yeah. Massive change. And, I mean, if you look at um, most probably just... At the league table as it stands, Norwich are on 81. They look pretty close to being yep. promoted. Um, and then you've got Leeds United, 76 points, uh, both played 39. Then Sheffield United on 74, West Brom on 70. So they've still got an outside chance if everything goes wrong above them. But I think West Brom are the leaders of the pack in the bottom half of that top six. Then you've got but Dino, Bris- do you think, and, and just looking at this, I mean, yep. let's say the gap stays you know, a, a similar margin from from third to, to sixth spot. Yep. Do, do you think a team, you know, let's say, they won't obviously be on 60 points at the end of the season, but just say the margin is, is 14 points at the end of the season. Do you think that the sixth-place team, 14 points away from the third-place team, deserves a crack going up? <laughs> well, this is the this is the final, this is the playoffs, this is the whole it's debate. This whole thing, though, yeah. This is the whole <laughs> debate. It, it is, it's... They've just become semi-finals, like the two yeah. legs. There's yeah. one at home, one away, mm. and they become. Who would you like to see go up? Well, I'd obviously like Derby to no, go no, up. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about it out of the top six clubs now. For for the for the game. Yeah, for the I, game. I'd like Norwich because I think they have been the best team. Yep. And they've been in Premier League for quite a long yeah. time. I think it'd be really good for Leeds. I can't not... think of Norwich without thinking of Michael Theoklatos. And... Yeah, yeah, the cop yeah. seven goals. Colchester, wasn't it? I can't think of Norwich. He was without... a great player, though. Yeah, without thinking credit. of Chris Sutton. Yeah, but, uh... Chris Sutton played his best football at Norwich. It was amazing. Yeah, so Leeds United, they're, they're obviously a big, big club. It'd be good to see Leeds United back Love in the mix. Love to see Leeds United back in. And, and, and any one of um, Sheffield United or Villa. Well, Sheffield. And, and for been... Bailey, Bristol City. It'd be great to see Bristol City. Well, you've got Sheffield, West Brom, who've been there. Bristol City haven't been there for a while. Villa... 1981, I think, is Bristol City. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Aston Villa are in sixth. They've only been out the thing for two years. Derby, they've been in it for a long time, but not for... Oh, it would be... oh I can't think now. It's got to be... Got to be seven years, maybe, maybe eight. Uh, it's more than that, isn't it? it? Could be Mid- Middlesbrough, uh, another big club, Forest. I mean, the, the big clubs here. I mean, you only have to look at Swansea. You got relegated, fourteenth. Stoke, fifteenth. When you get releg, uh, when you get relegated, it's hard to come back. I mean, we, I had Stoke predicted as winning it. So anyway, so that's that's the. T- <laughs> And, and and just to just just to give it like a, a little bit of context Sorry, as well. Sorry, I should laugh. If if you look at at it really realistically, if you look at Derby who are on 59 points, and you go, well, there's only there's only Sheffield Wednesday are three points behind them, right? Just three. Mm. 
it really goes from 11 down to realistically I, I think Sheffield and West Brom are up in that top they, they'll, they won't drop out of the six it's Bristol City from 5th all the way down to 11th any one of those teams if they get the right run can finish in those playoff spots now at the bottom end of the table just to give a little bit of context there um, Ipswich Town for me looked down on 24 points Bolton are in a world of pain the players are on strike the thing's shutting down. They've shut the um, training centre down. They're looking at the next two games possibly can't be played. Um, they're in a world of pain. Um, and, and, and and what really, really disappoints well, me is... They the, could be going right to the bottom of the uh, football pyramid, Bolton. Well, they could. Yeah. Absolutely. You which, know? Is, which would be sad. Well, yeah. it would be sad. Um, Have you said that they've only got themselves to blame? So they're 32 points. And then you've got Rotherham on 36. Derby beat them 6-1 last Where's, week. What so. about Millwall? Millwall on 37, but they've got a game in hand. So that game in hand will be absolutely vital that they get something out of that. And then you've got Wigan and Reading, who are both on 40 points. And then you've got Birmingham on 41. So it's there's still a lot to play. Still. And the old the old uh, Brummies, Birmingham, uh, the Blue Noses, uh, obviously with their nine point deduction, they yeah. got they they uh, they actually jumped out of the blocks pretty well last week. Oh, they, they were great against they, West Brom. They were fantastic. It was a cracking game, it wasn't it? Was. It they was got rolled. Absolute they led twice. They got yeah, rolled. Yeah, got done right at the end. <laughs> was, Dino, it was gutted for them. Now you're not going to end this segment without the burying the lead, the big story. The big of lead. The week. Well, yeah. it's Edge's gossip column, mm. and it's uh, a certain gentleman who's, who's our own. Very own. Our very own. Talking about fairy dust. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Our very Didn't own we give him some Gary Bowyer, who was in our studio not more than five weeks ago, most probably. And he's got the Bristol City, uh, sorry, Bradford City job. Um, he's come in and won this first game, then lost his next four. But what it has done is it's stemmed the, stemmed the flow. Well, but the losses they've had, they've been like one, one nil, nil two, against one. top teams. Yeah, top teams, yeah. the top team, the team yeah. in fourth, the team in seventh. And, and, Obviously, what he's done there is he's galvanised it. They can see the performances, and they're still mathematically alive. They're six points behind, but they've still got something like seven games to play. So it's until it's mathematical, you know one game, they win it, three points. All of a sudden, their bottom teams are losing anyway, so they haven't moved. And you think, hold on, we can still get out of this. But anyway, he's been given a two-year deal. So I'm delighted for Gary Bowyer. He's a good friend of, of, of myself, obviously, and our family here at Box to Box. And... Uh, He's pretty buoyed about it. He thinks they're a fabulous club. He likes the chairman and he thinks he's going to be able to, even if they go down, to bring them straight back up and kick this club. Well, along. he's done, you know, he's, um, he, there's no better man that if they do go down, he'll, uh, he well and truly well, knows the neighbourhood, doesn't he? Well, he bought Blackpool up and, you know, and again, I'll just touch just for his reference because this always gets diminished was when the Venki people came in and they got rid of two or three managers. He had two seasons and he finished seventh and eighth in the championship back to back. And for me, they'd love to be in that position right now. Wouldn't oh, they? Absolutely. Wouldn't they? Oh, well, so, hats yeah. off, Gary. Well the done. Brothers. Congratulations. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Okay. So, so we, should wonder, we should have a whole segment one uh, day on all the absolute peanut owners that are in uh, the Premiership, the Championship and League One. There's not enough hours in this show. <laughs> we should actually expose some of them because there's some absolute right. doozies in the list. list. The Venky brothers right at the did, top of the did, list. Did a decent chicken though, the Venkis. Do they? Yeah. Well, maybe they should stick to chicken. Hmm. Anyway. All right, gentlemen, I think we're getting distracted here. Yeah. Okay, all right. Stoppage time next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The King of Storage, Moving and More. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. 
Yes, this is Box to Box. This is stoppage time, and it's a mystery stoppage time. We have the fourth official signalling six minutes to go. Dean, you don't know what's going on, do you? No idea. Neither do I. Nigel and Willem in the booth don't know. No, they don't know. Because Michael's got some secret stories that um, he wants to uh, throw at us without notice. Well, obviously, um, I notice some of the more odd things that happen around (laughs) our game from time to time. Um, We know that the young fella... Uh, Kieran Backus uh, was nominated as the NAB Young Football of the Year, but uh, or no, of the month I should say of uh, of March. So fantastic uh, performance by him, um, the young fellow Backus, Keen Backus. Uh, having said that, his mum should win it because last week Melbourne City and Western Sydney Wanderers played, and she had a son on both teams. That seems right, well And how did she turn up to the game? She, she's a seamstress, believe it or not. She turned up with half a Melbourne City jersey and half a Western City Wanderers right. jersey. Classic. So a big tick to Mrs. Backus. Yeah, one of Mrs. Backus. Great Mrs. job, Backus. that. And you should be very proud of your boys because they are doing very, very good. Hey, Dino, got some um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of news out of the Premier League, Go which on, I man. know that you may not know, is that the Premier League clubs have uh, got together and spat the dummy at Arsenal. Because Arsenal went off and played a friendly during the uh, the international break. Right. And uh, the Premier League clubs are going to pass a resolution at the next meeting that says that when there is a break, there is to be no friendlies. So right. we okay. need to give who the did players they, who a break. Who did they go and see? They went to the Middle East and played uh, one of uh, the clubs in the UAE who have oh, a sponsor. Okay. Yeah. The same as them, Emirates. And obviously, Emirates is a sponsor of Arsenal. So oh, yeah. I imagine they all had a nice little first-class uh, travel. But uh, interestingly enough that they've... Um, uh, they've been able to do that, um, and obviously the players' union was very keen for them to do that. What do, what do you think about that? Clubs playing friendlies during international breaks. Uh, look, look, I think, especially in England, it's a hectic schedule, and I think footballers do need breaks. You you, you know, the exhaustion, they've played at international level. What? Yeah. You know, they've got cups and cups, and then there's the league. For me, I just think, you know, if it's a rule and it's, and it's preventing, you know, or giving the opportunity to get your resources back for the run home, then that's what they should do most probably. So I'd most probably with the, the rest of the clubs. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Rob, what about you? Yeah, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? You know, the, that football, the Premier League, is uh, an international game these days, and and there are fans around the world that want to watch them, but they're, they're human beings, and uh, you know, you um, drag them around the world at your own peril, and um, you'll only find out uh, if there's a, a, a big cost if you you know miss a Champions League place because. Uh, you know, a player might have got injured or yep. they were exhausted Absolutely. coming back home. Yep. So, you know, I'd suggest not. But do we think it's going to stop happening? I doubt it. Um, Football Federation Australia has sanctioned a Queensland registered player for betting on football in breach of the FA's National Code of Conduct. Uh, he's been fined $500 and has an immediate two-match suspension to serve. Can't have bet too much. Only 500 bucks was the fine. I wonder what he did. No, I don't know. What, what do you reckon his bet would have been, Rob? I could look... Uh, a footy, a football player. Look, you know, I hate to say, dumb enough to to use his own account um, to to have a bet. You know, what ten bucks each way, or, or the, you know, it, it's just first shot on goal. Yeah. Timely reminder. But uh, before you go, there there is one story I did want to touch on, and it was a really sad story that didn't get yes, a, a yes. lot of press, wasn't it? It's the Aramata one about uh, yeah. yeah, a young player obviously caught up in, in the wrong crowd and. Yeah. Uh, it, um, you know, it's, um, you know, five dogs. Such a uh, famous old club too, Parramatta. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and you know, forever an eagle, the family of uh, 25-year-old John Adisho was at home with a male relative on Monday night when two men scaled the balcony of their unit in East 
Street 5 Dock and shot them both. Uh, he sustained a head wound and the other man was shot in the arm and I was taken to the RPH where he subsequently passed away. So, look, uh, you know, for whatever reason, when a you know, young person um, dies under those sort of circumstances, it's... Uh, it's just horrible. So no, it's horrible. You know, wishing him yeah. rest yeah. and um, and to his family That's as well. Right. Uh, and um, this weekend and uh, the next two or three weekends, uh, effectively, is when the amateur game fires up in Australia. Mm. All the winter seasons are about to start. So why don't we say a big collective box-to-box message to all of the players, mm. the volunteers, the parents, the guardians, the referees, yep. the coaches. Mm. Have a fantastic season. Enjoy your football. It's a beautiful game. No ugly parent syndrome, please. So uh, on behalf of all of us at Box the Box, you have a great season. What game of football will you watch this week, Rob? Uh, what if you if you could watch one game of football this week, what's it going to be? If I could, well, I know it's, and you the, will. it's the obvious one. It's the Big Blue. I'm really looking forward to that. I, just because I spent so much of my childhood at the SCG, I've got so many memories of going to the SCG. Obviously, for a different game. You know, I grew up uh, cut my teeth with rugby league. I don't deny that, but uh, you know, I came to the great and beautiful Good, game to the of bright football, side. Mate. Yeah, and and to see a, a game of football being played at the SCG at that level, yeah, I'm loving it. I'll be at uh, Green Gully away. Pascoe Vale playing there, so I'll Big be watching our twenties in the first team yeah it's a big yeah. game for us we and need, for me it's uh, the, Mat- the Matildas uh, they yeah. obviously um, mm. as we are recording the show we're, yeah. we're about uh, 15 14 hours ahead of <clears throat> before the game so I'm looking forward to see how they go against America it's always a massive game yeah, for the Matildas when they play the Yanks but it's uh, we, we do respect the Yanks but uh, we want the Matildas to knock them off don't we Rob go girls I'd love to see Mary Fowler get a few minutes as well my mail is that Mary Fowler will play Rob um, she might not start but she'll get some uh, time in the second half and um, she's a Big smoky, a big, big smoky to be selected in the World Cup squad. My mail is that she will play. Go, Ante. All right, gentlemen, join us next week, of course, when we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the World Cup.